Hi, I'm Heather. And I'm Natalie. Welcome to Loving Difference, where we bring together anyone looking for new ways to live in their neurodiverse relationships. Whether you're comfy with a cuppa or out and about, it's great you're here. So let's dive into our next conversation. Hi, welcome back. This is LDTV episode 5 in which Natalie and I talk about polyvagal theory and the impact it's had on our neurodiverse relationship in terms of understanding and in terms of regulation and calm throughout the household. So let's jump right in, Heather. I've, um, I wanted to jump in with you to talk about polyvagal theory which all sounds like a very technical term, but um, I know it's, you know, it's really relevant to our relationships, to ourselves. Um, and so I'd, I just thought we really lovely opportunity for you to tell us a bit about what it mm. is, and then we'll um, go a bit more into its relevance for us. But can you give us in like two minutes, like, like just the, like the real like nub of what polyvagal theory is? You're asking a big ask there. Can I, can I actually answer any question in two minutes? I really don't think so. No, I say two because then maybe you'll do four. Okay, okay. I, I'm going to try. So um, polyvagal theory is um, a theory by a guy called Dr. Stephen Porges, and it has been a really important part of my journey. It's uh, been a sort of penny-dropping moment, and I have just really fallen in love with it ever since. Yeah. And there are sort of many different ways in talking about it, but I find it a really useful way of describing and understanding our nervous systems yeah. and the way they respond to our environment, mm -hmm. to the other people um, that we're interacting with, mm -hmm. and even to our internal state, our, our, our physiology, what's going on inside our bodies. Yeah. And what it's doing all the time, and this is a, a, a term that Dr. Stephen Paul just came up with, is, is neuroception. And what yeah. neuroception is, is it's basically sending out, you know, little vibes to say, mm -hmm. are you safe? Am I safe? Are you dangerous? Am I in danger? And it, it's like just a little giving, radar system. Yeah, little radar, radar system yeah. where we're getting lots of like feedback so, and, yeah. and, and then our nervous system our automatic nervous system yep. so this is all going on way below below yep. our level of consciousness um decides how you know it, it takes himself into the most appropriate response right. or what it thinks is the most appropriate yep. response and mm -hmm. that's where it can be tricky okay. because it doesn't always go for the quite right, right, right okay. response so what's the so I know that from my reading there's sort of I know the, the kinds of words are sympathetic parasympathetic dorsal you know I know there's sort of these words can you tell us like and we don't want to we do, not we don't want to be in those but that those are certain things and then we want to be somewhere else like tell me like how that bit works so I want, I want to really sort of like be clear that none of the states are bad no they are all good they yes. all serve a purpose yeah. and you can get these mixed blended states mm -hmm. that provide something different yeah. so I think traditionally we think of the, the defense modes we think of the ones that are activating when we are in danger so we think about the um the sympathetic mm -hmm. pathway of the vagal nerve of the nervous system which is the automatic one and it just goes into real fight flight yeah. and that's kind of like 
what we know mm-hmm. um, and that's when we kind of get a lot of adrenaline and mm-hmm. a lot of cortisol running around in our bodies and mm-hmm. our heartbeat can go faster you might experience anxiety all that sweating kind of and yeah you're getting ready your body is ready yeah it's, okay. it's delivering it's activating yeah so if you think about the sympathetic the fight flight thing it's getting you ready to run or fight and that's why we call it the fight flight system so there's a lot going in that makes you quite agitated Mm -hmm. so if you don't do either of those things you've got all this pent-up energy in your system and it's not got anywhere to go okay yes I think it's always really interesting to talk about how the activation of that system generates energy energy gets created and it needs somewhere to go and yeah depending on what we actually mm. do it may or may not go anywhere but it may not I guess yeah. isn't it it can get stuck yeah so at that point you know you'd either go in and run or yes. you'd put up a fight yes. and that would last a short period of time yeah. and then you'd switch that system off right. that's the important thing you'd switch that off all of the um chemicals would sort of burn the way out mm-hmm. of their body and, and everything would calm mm-hmm. down and you get back into a situation where you can rest and recover mm. However, what we tend to get in our modern society mm. is this continuous um, on. To stay, to stays on. It's yeah. like modern life is very fast paced. Yes. We have a lot of different pressures. We've got a diff- uh, an environment that's mm-hmm. moving very quickly. Yeah. We can experience ongoing anxiety mm. and um, stress and our bodies can just think we're in danger. Because you just kind of go time. from one thing to another thing to another thing and you never hit the off oh. button. The nervous system isn't getting the off or doesn't doesn't mm. can't radar anywhere the off so mm. it stays on and you get all those physiological reactions almost on a constant basis yeah. yeah okay and and what can happen then is it if if you're in that state for a really really long time you you kind of just get to the point where okay this isn't working I can't sustain this mm-hmm. um so your body kind of drops out and you kind right. of get into this immobilized state okay. which is where it's gone into the dorsal vagal pathway which is actually part of the sympathetic the parasympathetic yeah um nervous system um which is the lower half down by below the diaphragm downwards it mm-hmm. controls your digestion mm-hmm. and all of that kind of thing yeah so a lot of that kind of gets shut down you might just end up just really wanting to sleep you might feel depressed mm. you might feel or sort of t- stomach stuff stomach yeah stuff, you get a lot yeah, because okay. that's kind of not really working very well yes. and um and that you know that's all being switched off anyway right. during the fight flight yes. business yes. because you don't need to digest no. your food while you're trying to run away yeah and, and then everything has just gone like I can't it's like you've kind of dropped out you get feelings Mm -hmm. of numbness and disassociation Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. yeah lots of things that appear that you're resting okay and the thing about this kind of rest you may feel like you sleep all night you may feel like you're sleeping a lot during the day you may have a partner or a teenager in your house that you just think how can they still be tired Mm -hmm. and the problem is this is not so a state of recovery or restoration no, no it's actually this you're, is, so you're still switched on you're just in a different mode than mm-hmm. the fight flight so it's just a different it's a different it's a thing. different version yeah mm-hmm. it's when you're just you know it's it's um it's kind of um you know at it's very extreme yes. if you take it to the really extreme yeah. you've got this situation where you could faint yes so yes it is based on that we very actually, ancient can't system what's happening and yeah yeah where you're actually just going to play your 
play dead. Yes, yes. So yeah. that's the very extreme bit. You're yes. fainting and you're playing dead, and that's that's your your the idea is that the animal or whatever is yeah. going to leave you alone yeah, yeah. because and yeah. they might just loosen their grip and you can yeah. then activate back yeah. up into your fight flight and leg it Go. and live another day. And yeah. that's that's we've got exactly basically we have these exact same reaction systems um going on as as animals it's the same principle yeah that's very happening similar physiologically yeah. really in our bodies yeah, yeah. And, and you'll often see an animal who's just had something a little bit stressful happening and you see them sort of shake it mm -hmm. off don't you and they recover yes. much more quickly yes um than than yes. humans they have a different mechanism for that yeah. well we kind we're of sort of forgotten or um, yeah, suppressing maybe it a lot suppressing it or or i think it's because we bring in some stories and narratives yes. okay. that's that maybe keep us looping around. around. We remember mm -hmm. the incident and then it floods us back again right, because okay. the, the nervous system, this is one of the problems, is the nervous system doesn't know the difference between imagined danger yes. and actual. actual danger. And it doesn't, it, it kind of can be triggered by mm -hmm. anything that slightly resembles mm -hmm. another experience yeah, because you're so just, yeah, time. you're just so going helpful. into a kind of, um, so we can often say what what's the what's the big deal what's stressing you know and you know sometimes we might even know or we don't know but it's even if you can recognize that that reaction doesn't necessarily have to be me it doesn't have to you know it doesn't have to be even that particular environment it's but it's resembling something mm. that is triggering and is yeah, activating yeah. that system why is this all um why is this all relevant for us in neurodiverse relationships why is it important to know about this for us yeah, there's a, there's a few things. I mean, one of the things that was most important to me is I had, um, well, first of all, it was very obvious that I had children who yeah. were completely seesawing mm. constantly between this sympathetic fight flight yeah. um, with some quite challenging behaviour and mm. um, followed by a kind of complete flop. Right. So they were going from that one to dorsal. And what we didn't talk about was this third pathway, yeah. which is your ventral vagal. Oh, yes which is often referred to as a social communication network or safe and mm -hmm. connected or safe yeah. and um, restorative. Mm. This is where you can recover. This is where your, your, act, your social activation, um, mm -hmm. social engagement system yeah. is activated. Um, and that is connected actually to your voice okay. and to your, um, the muscles in your mouth. So mm. it, it, it encourages your kind of like, and your eyes. Mm -hmm. So this is where you're going to feel more comfortable in this state, having eye contact. Mm -hmm. And you're going to feel, you're going to get a different um, reciprocity going mm -hmm. on and you're going to get some kind of, um, your Simply voice. because the physiology is in a different yeah, state. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's so not all and, to do with that. And none of that is to take away from the differences that we experience, but it's recognizing that an added or another dimension of what we're experiencing is those switched on mm. systems in both of us or in all of us or whoever is involved in the relationships or family system. Um, we, we can all be in, we're all experiencing that in different ways or things like that. Yeah, I mean, we will. I mean, that's the thing that it, it is. It is for. It doesn't matter whether no. you're what you're. Every, it's everybody. Yeah, everybody. Everybody has these responses, yes. and and some people have had more trauma than others. Yes. And I think I think perhaps the pattern is around that for someone who's grown up neurodivergent, mm -hmm. 
possibly undiagnosed neurodivergent mm. or possibly just not with very understanding um, families who didn't know how to meet their needs mm. or have been masking or have been in difficult situations mm. in school. Yes. Well, they've lived for longer mm -hmm. in these defensive states. Yes. Yes. Um, so therefore they have less access or less, they're less likely to get into mm. this ventral vagal. Mm. And actually for some people, and, and again, this isn't, you know I don't want to be generalizing because this could happen to anybody yeah. who's you know experienced a lot of trauma in their life as well it may be unfamiliar yes that ventral vagus yeah, yes, actually safe, safe. And, yes. and then actually that becomes so unfamiliar yes yeah, so it actually doesn't feel very no, safe that does ring that rings true for sure in with my experience not mine personally but but family members that they they actually know that that feeling of safe or that they know is safe doesn't feel safe no. because the nervous system is not reading it correctly almost they like logically know it's safe but the nervous system is not the radar isn't mm. reading it as that um, yeah because it, it's interesting because your your brain is kind of searching the data banks for some of a similar experience yeah. and actually if it can't find something that's a similar match enough yes. you know it's going to go mm, yeah no I don't really you're not yeah. so sure about this yes. you know so yeah. what could be perceived as yeah. safe yeah so um how, how has it helped you and your relationship, your family unit to have this, for you to know all this and have this information? It's just, it's just been everything to yeah. me. It's really been, so I just, I, I just knew all of a sudden I knew what was going on with behaviour. Mm -hmm. So I knew it wasn't about, about bad behaviour. Yeah. It's, it's not about you it, either. It was really, not about it? me. It's about, it could be about something to do to, with what do, I was doing yes. to adding to it. Yes. But um, all of a sudden I just, I just, it was like a penny dropping or it got to help them feel safe yeah, yeah. what do I need to do to help them feel safe mm -hmm. um and once I had that attitude and 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 I was pleased to find that I was instinctively doing a lot of that but yeah. that what this did is it brought me a lot of understanding and validity to what I was doing and it helped yeah. me go against some of the parental norms yes. and parenting techniques yes. that we were being encouraged to use yeah. and actually, relationship norms as well I'm thinking yeah. like in times of my situation which is more about, I mean, it has been in parenting too, but also in our, um, in our relationship and my marriage, I think that information about the fact that somebody's nervous system is on and, and why and, and that safety is needed, reassurance is needed, more capacity is needed. Yeah. Um, that is just mm. so helpful to know, you know, yeah. um, and then for me to create the capacity in myself, because I, I had my own activation going on, so it's like I need to sort that out and then I can offer that. Mm. Um, that was really big for me as thing. well. Yeah. It was about learning like, how can I ensure that I keep giving out? How is my neuroception being received by others? How yes. can I keep myself really well regulated, really calm mm. so that I can co-regulate with others? Mm. So that's whether it's with my children, whether it's mm. with my partner. Mm. That's where I, I, I suddenly thought, oh, actually... I can do something. Yes. This is so yes. empowering. Yes. This is life changing because yes. actually it doesn't matter whether anyone wants to know any of this no, stuff. No, no. I Absolutely. can change And you myself. haven't got to change. You're not trying to change them. They naturally respond differently yeah. because you are, you are different. And, and this isn't about this isn't about accommodating. This isn't no. about um, changing yourself in in terms of who you are. This is just about knowing yourself really yes, well. This yes. is about knowing what triggers you. Yes. This is about knowing 
recognizing as soon as you start tipping into one of those yes. defensive states. Noticing your own dysregulation. Yes, noticing yeah. is absolutely noticing yeah. your own and, and knowing what you need to do about it mm -hmm. and starting to map up strategies mm -hmm. to um to know, oh actually I, I I'm going somewhere. I I need to strategies for that. Yeah, yeah, whether yeah. it's learning to breathe, yeah. whether it's learning that you need to go and take a walk, mm. you need to move more, yeah. you need, you know, all these things. We're going mm -hmm. to like learn to read the signs. It's like bringing awareness yeah. to what is hidden. It's I like think, Amanda Blake. I think she, yeah. really, I love her, and she says, um, "It's about it's surfacing the invisibles," which I just think yes. is beautiful. Really lovely. So all these yeah. things that are are not we're not aware of that yeah. we're doing yes. that are impacting others. Yeah. And suddenly we can kind of just look down and think, oh, we could change yeah, some of those. Actually. Not change ourselves away from who we are, but actually be no. more in alignment with who we are in a calmer, yeah. more authentic place. Because what, sure. what was happening is I was so stressed. Yeah. Because everybody was exactly. falling apart. Yeah. I mean, yeah. everyone was in a dire place. Mm. And actually I was so quick to blow. Mm. And and I was I was like, but I'm really patient, lovely person, and I'm only behaving like this because you, you, and you, and you, yes. and you are doing behaving like that. Yeah. So what? So and and I recognise that when I was starting to learn about neurodiversity, I was reading constantly or very regularly about the dysregulation or the defence mode of um, autistic people or neurodivergent people, and nothing about the defence mode of me as a non-autistic or neurotypical. Um, yeah. partner nothing about that and and actually being able to recognize that meant that there was something that was was just made sense to do and I certainly noticed to begin with the first thing I I can remember reading a quote it just said calm is a superpower and I was thinking I just yeah I just I want to be calm you know I desperately want to I be calm and that's really what I I guess I intentionally worked on that. And I think that is about bringing that safety or ventral, what do you call it? Vag ventral vagal. Ventral vagal state and recognising when you're not in that and having ways to bring yourself back to that. And being able to be in that state more of the time with my family who felt very anxious and very unsafe a lot of the time in different kinds of situations, I think gave them, yeah, they felt more safe. And then I've noticed that over time where um, Pete's, um, again, I would say his his physiology is changing because of different things, but I've noticed he, he definitely has more capacity and, and there is more reciprocity in communication. Mm -hmm. There is, um, what else have I noticed? Um, just generally more capacity, not not um, escalating so easily, yep. you know, which was huge before. Mm -hmm. Like it just when it would tip, it wouldn't take anything to tip because yeah. they zero were already to 10. zero. To, yeah, it was yeah. like they were already on nine point nine. So there was just they were know, never barely surviving. Zero. Yes. No, so so that just that just changed. So there was this. Now we could be at much lower number and have room, um, both of us, and that just created a huge just made so much difference in the relationship hugely yeah. um is there any other specific things that you have noticed or that have improved in your relationship or family um dynamics because of this what have you in terms of how you know again i guess coming back to the, the maybe that belief that others don't change the situation can't change over there what what do you what have you seen like little i, I like just one or two examples of where just, that's that's created something better yeah, so um, often I was noticing that I was getting triggered by um, 
Well, I was getting triggered a lot, actually. <laughs> I, well, I was often, I think, I think one of the first things is, is we've got to accept that we are in defence. <clears throat> yeah. We do get defensive. Yes. Um, and I was actually quite a passive aggressive person. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I wasn't very good at communicating or speaking up and mm-hmm. I just get a bit grumpy and then, you know, I just blow. And, and one of the things that makes the biggest difference is having the awareness. So I'm not saying I'm a saint. No, no, no. I do not stay calm all the no, time. No. I do lose it. Yeah. Um, I am a human being. And afterwards, I realise what's happened and I'm able to reflect, I'm able to calm myself. And um, what's made a really big difference is that means I can go back and go. This is what's happening. Mm. Right. I can go back and reconnect and make a repair. And actually, I've noticed that that is more powerful Mm. than not rupturing sometimes in the first place. Because, you know, we, we are it's about sort of rupture and reconnection no relation is just ship is going to go on like that you know you have well especially if you again if you've got a belief that in a relationship there is no conflict or I don't want conflict and therefore we're trying to exclude all evidence or stop it happening then again we're we're actually creating a lot of radar systems that's actually going to turn the system on isn't it but actually recognizing that a a healthy relationship actually has ebb and flow and it can it has ways to recover if things are I mean, yeah. I just I just didn't have a normalization of that. No, me. no, I don't think so. I think I had this view that a good relationship was like always like on a nice steady yes, no keel. Angry, no, no. no, we didn't get angry, we didn't go up. But actually we become very avoidant of conflict. Mm. And mm. actually conflict can be a point of mm. real connection. Well, and real I think for me it was a huge it was just a huge trigger. That is the stuff that yeah. where my system was on before it would even, you know, you're anticipating it 20 steps ahead, which is would would mm. be part of my defense mode, which is the hypervigilance to be 20 steps ahead to be preempting so that those things weren't happening. So my yeah. mind looked more like that stuff. Yeah, thank you for mentioning the hypervigilance because that I think we both recognize that. So if you've got um, yeah, all of my in, in, yeah, I mean, everyone, yeah. So I was thinking it was just me going round trying to anticipate what yeah. would create every meltdown and thinking yeah. 25 steps ahead and just becoming totally mm-hmm. exhausted. But actually, everybody in the house was doing that. Some so we were all that. becoming. So if we could just like just by slowing mm. everything down mm. and just changing taking out a load of stuff as well I mean that was a really big what's what would be your top one like just one um way that people can can either learn more about this or connect with it or actually notice what was what's like maybe it's that maybe what's the like the first noticing practice that they could step into to begin to become more aware of this system Mm. in action yeah just I think I just really encourage to people to just to kind of be a fly on the wall and just yourself watch almost. yourself yeah. yeah and and to notice like and to reflect afterwards so when you go and you've had a bit of an explosion mm. just to go back or and a to down think of, I guess yeah, will be the same yeah and also mm. if you've gone into complete shutdown then mm. then you know you you probably know that you've been in the mm. other for a long long mm. time mm. so it might be harder to trace back what that what what's been going on for you yeah but yeah it's just about very gradually starting almost to map your nervous system yes, yeah and to start recognizing and just really bringing that awareness in mm. of how it's going mm. and and then at the same time just experimenting with some really simple techniques mm-hmm. like most of us are in these who are trying to recover from like you know exhaustion and um you know emotional exhaustion yeah, yeah. particularly don't have the time or mm. energy to mm. go and 
put a lot of new steps mm. in. So I think one of my, I always love my favourite, like mindful shower. Mindful you know, shower. Yeah. If you are noticing breathe a bit more yeah, often, actually in and often. out properly. <laughs> Try and catch that to-do list going round and worrying, mm. worrying, worrying, round in your head. You know, stop that thinking twenty steps ahead. Mm. Just just notice that you're doing it and try and bring it back and Mm. whether that's just that you take a few deep breaths Mm. or whether you just notice your um, fingertips rub your Mm -hmm. fingertips Mm -hmm. together just see if you can really give it all your focus Mm. so that you can feel the ridges on both hands rub rubbing your touches are really one if you start activating Mm -hmm. your senses yeah it brings you very much into the here and now. So anything orientate to your environment, Mm. look at something that gives you beauty, you know, Mm. look at something pretty, we've got some like, we've got some lots of glamour going on in here. Like, you know, we're in a- (laughs) Look at these cushions. Yeah. (laughs) Take your eyes around the room. Notice the smells in the air. And what is that doing? What's that doing to your physiology when you start to shift your focus like that? It's bringing you into the now. So anxiety and fear tend to be a lot about future focused or past story yeah and if you can bring yourself back into spending more time Mm. now Mm -hmm. you may find that you know your anxiety just comes down with it as well so I think one of the biggest things that we notice or I I recognize now is that we do have a better way of doing the ebb and flow but at the same time what I noticed is before we were in a sort of monthly cycle of um, two weeks okay and then two weeks Pete sort of shut down so he would go shut down and then and then sort of guess sort of recover and then come out again mm-hmm. and then we go again and you're sort of doing this and in the meantime I'm hypervigilancing everything and trying to keep everything going mm-hmm. so I've got my thing now I think with what we've learned and everything um within a couple it took a couple of years for us but Pete's meltdowns or shutdowns they the regularity or the frequency started to go down to yeah. the point that they are very very rare now and I think that for for us is the biggest triumph is that is that you can stabilize you can you can be in a more there is the flow but equally there's a what do you call it like just a stability I think to the nervous I think it changes your baseline I think it's changed your baseline so instead of instead of always sort of being a nine out of ten or and also I would probably question whether he actually so he appeared to recover but actually how low did he go how much or did he just get too far enough to like oh I can actually drag myself out of bed now yeah so that that's not you know you're going only just you're not going down it never even was that it was just um withdrawn and disengage still doing all the normal showing up um so it all looked very functional on the outside but um and then I think yeah it's just it's just been really nice that it doesn't mean that there isn't potential for those situations still but because again because you know the triggers and you can you can anticipate them you can prepare for them you can build in capacity before you can build in recovery afterwards yeah that's really 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 important just really just stretches the thing out so Hmm. that there's more space inside absolutely I think if 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 you know that um, the person you're with is going to struggle with a social mm. situation. You've got a wedding, and you really, really want them to come. Mm. And they're w- if they're willing to yes. try it, yeah. you know, you've got to like give them the space yes. in the week yeah. before. Yeah, we kind of nothing. know with anything like that. Yeah. It's um, we, we've got something coming up soon, and I know that actually this week ahead is going to be preparing for that. We need to create capacity, and then yeah. there's actually a week afterwards where we need to. Recover. I need to just do my own thing, and Pete will need to recover. 
and other people in the family will need to probably do the same. And so actually where for a lot of people that one day is that one day, for us, the cost is quite big because actually yeah. two weeks of energy and time and, and then you have nervous system up. regulation yeah. and then decide is, is it, worth it worth it or do we going to do it? We're, we're deciding is, this time we're yeah. going to do it, but it's at but least how we know. Is the cost too high? Yeah. Is the cost too high? So it, it puts a whole new perspective on, okay, how much do we want that? Mm-hmm. How much is that going to cost us? How much preparation, how much recovery time? And mm-hmm. you start, you know, really and you think helpful. actually... We don't really have time for all of that. So no. actually, we're just not going to leave that thing. Yeah. Or, do, or, do or, or if we or do, we do, do it, it shorter. Uh, we know shorter or other things around it will become less important or won't happen. Yeah. And there's less pressure on other things. So there's it. I think, it again, we talk about it a lot, but it's empowering. It brings in so much more choice and um, and allows you to create capacity or c- know your energy so you can make more choices about yeah how you're using it where you're using it and you're more in control everybody individually yeah, are more yeah. in control of what they're doing with that and um, recognizing that it's a universal thing that impacts yes. you and and impacts on and it may impact somebody else more yes and that's mm. because the way they experience the sensory yeah. environment yes. and they've got so much more yeah. going at them and yeah. so their nervous systems are that much more yeah. stimulated and it does give you so much more in terms of choice. choice. And I, I can assure you, we went from, you know, some quite violent and challenging yes. behaviour um, with my young people into, yes. you know, just a really Much calm, more regulated. Yeah, much more regulated. <clears throat> and and I by giving some tools, you know, I didn't do a lot of teaching around it. No, no. Well, they all. start to find their own, I it think. Was well. we'll it was modelling it. We'll do another episode on regulation yeah. and finding your your things and how, how, I how think to support your other, your other people to find their things. Just at the time, lending your calm, yeah. they can calm down more, give them space, give them Which what really they need. means we need to be working on our own well-being. Yeah, and really we do. Up, giving ourselves enough energy for us yeah. and then working out what we can lend. And what we can give that doesn't mean that it's a huge cost to us because I think that's what I recognise we were doing yeah, yeah. constantly before. So how what do we need to to do yeah. in order to build our capacity mm. and our recovery time mm. so that we can support others? Mm. And it's not about giving all our energy to someone no. else. We no. need to balance how much we, we can only do this yes. from we the overflow. We say, we, don't we? From what we have yeah. as an extra for people. Yeah. Um, or if we're not doing it from the extra we have it's recognizing that that is going to be using and we need to replenish that and and I think as we can borrow a little bit can't we we can we can dip down if we Mm -hmm. need to Mm -hmm. um but then we're going to have to go and put in a weekend away help me yes with whatever (laughs) whatever you choose to do whatever it is that tops your bucket back up yeah Um, and we talk loads about that and love indifference and so Come and join us and and find out more somewhere around this video. There will be a link. Yes, and Heather is the the nervous system coach. You're the whiz on all this uh, nervous system polyvagal wizardry. So um, it's something that's so... Was it two minutes, was it? No, sorry about that. But it 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 has a weave. There's various various threads in Loving Difference that address like the top... Mm. I don't know, top five, 10 biggest challenges that people in neurodiverse relationships and families are facing. And so the poly, polyvagal theory, nervous system, you know, that reg- regulation, that's something that weaves its way through every all the things we do. Um, and then each of the coaches kind of has their thing that they're weaving through. So come and find us and uh, we look forward to meeting you. See you soon. Bye. <laughs>